for the victory lap, though. Whoa, whoa. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. All right. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining yours. Truly, Ryan Caligiuri on this week's episode of the Cut the Crap Show, where every week I'm reading a book. Condensing that book down its core golden nuggets. I'm bringing the author on the show sometimes. I'm going to get back to that. I know I haven't done it recently because I just didn't really want to talk to an author. I want to do it myself. But every single week, I'm just trying to save you time, bring you information that can spark change in your life, and I'm helping you build resilience, and I'm helping you create your aid every single day. So I've been out of commission the past little while, and you're probably wondering what the heck happened. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw my post. You know that I was uh, not doing too well, was a little bit sick, and, uh, and I wasn't fighting one thing. Wasn't fighting two things, but three different things at once. You know, it was, uh, yeah, kick my butt. You know, a little case of strep, a little case of, never heard about this until this week, Coxsackie pharyngitis. Yeah, I had no idea what that was. And then to add on top of that, I had a viral bronchitis. So, <coughs> nice, right on cue. I still have a little bit of a cough, so if I cough throughout the podcast, that's just the remnants of my bronchitis kind of working its way through. But it's funny, you don't realize how awesome you have it until you start losing things and losing my health over the past two weeks was tough. Wasn't able to work with my clients. Wasn't able to do this. Wasn't able to go to the gym, walk my dog, all this stuff that I, I love doing. I wasn't able to do it. And so I was talking about this this week with my friends and gratitude is one of those very trite things where everyone says, Oh, you just have to be grateful for something. If you're feeling down, be grateful. Gratitude. It's so important. And We hear everyone say that all the time, but to actually internalize it and truly feel grateful, it's really tough. And so this week, I really was grateful for my health. And I'm grateful that it's coming back. I'm grateful that I can get back to doing the things that I want to do, helping people create their eighth, going out there, talking, creating videos like this. That's what I love to do. And so now I have this renewed sense of energy coming back to me. And so now I'm just really happy. You know, I'm able to create my own eighth. I hope that cough doesn't continue because that's going to be really annoying. But uh, in any case, I'm back and just super happy to be, be here and uh, recording this again. Uh, it's really funny. So this week, I don't know if any of you have seen this yet, but uh, I just recently got together with um, five very close friends of mine. James, Steve, Sean, Arlen, and Enrico. Love these guys. Known a lot of these guys since I was in kindergarten. And we always have such amazing discussions. Great discussions. Discussions about mental health, discussions about depression, anxiety, optimizing our lives, you know, um, trying to extract the best performance out of us. We push each other every day. And I truly feel blessed. You want to talk gratitude? I am very grateful. And I said this multiple times. I'm so grateful to have these guys in my life. They, they push me. They keep me centered. They bring me back down to earth, right? They keep me humble. But we always push ourselves. And like I said, I feel grateful because I don't believe that a lot of people have these kind of people in their life. And so we've always had these amazing discussions where we've talked for hours and hours on end. And we've always said, man, it'd be great to record one of these conversations and go back and listen to it. So it's funny. I'm sitting here. Obviously, I got all the equipment. I said, you know, we should just record a show. I don't have six mics, but uh, I'm going to invest in six mics pretty soon. So we ended up doing something. We said, you know what? Let's let's record this for the first time. And it wasn't us. It was me. Right. I kind of said, you know, I want to record this show. I want to get us all together, put some camera equipment on and record us. And I'm going to make this show and I'm going to call it Brain Jiu-Jitsu, BJJ, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instead of Brain Jiu-Jitsu, where we're grappling with the demons of the mind, grappling with negativity, with depression, grappling with learned helplessness, laziness. And how do we push ourselves to tap out those demons? How do we 
how do we win every single day? The battle of the mind. And so these guys that I get together with, we had this amazing discussion this past week and I'm going to launch that on YouTube and it's super simple. It's very gritty. All it is is just the camera set up with a shotgun mic. I don't have all the individual sure mics set up, but it's something I'm going to get going in the next little while, but uh, invest in some equipment, invest in a studio, put it together and really formalize this. But this is just something we've always done. We've always had these great conversations. So it's something I want to get out there and share with you. If you don't have people in your life who are pushing you, if you don't have people in your life who are giving you a different perspective, maybe my friends and I can do that for you. It's a longer show, about an hour and a half. I'm going to launch a podcast, maybe in a couple months. Once I start doing some of the videos, I'm going to put it up on YouTube. You can watch them on YouTube and uh, you can see a different side of me as well. You know, me when I hang out with my buddies. So um, I'm very, very excited to launch that. And I hope that you're excited to watch it. I'm sure it's going to be easier for you to listen to it. So don't worry. I'm going to get it up on uh, on uh, iTunes and uh, Spotify and all that stuff. Probably closer to maybe July, August time frame. But uh, I want to get a few in the kitty first. And so if you really want to catch it before I launch it there, you can go on YouTube and watch it. But that's uh, it was a lot of fun. Having a lot of fun this past little while. I'm going to relaunch CY8 daily. I'm going to put less effort into um, the editing and just put my thoughts on there and launch it. Because I've been... In, uh, neglecting my Instagram, neglecting LinkedIn, and uh, I really want (coughs) to get back to doing that. Hey, bronchitis, there we go. All right, I don't want to keep coughing through this thing, so I want to kick this off. Um, All I can say is I'm just grateful to be back, grateful to have my enthusiasm back, my energy back, and uh, we're going to break into this week's episode, which is a tough topic. Heartbreak. Heartbreak is something a lot of us face, right? Heartbreak over um, a lost relative, lost pet, heartbreak, um, you broke up with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, divorce, um, you know, you got dumped, so many different things. And heartbreak is very serious, right? Matters of the heart should not be taken lightly. You know, when you're talking matters of the heart, we're talking create your eight. You could be sitting in an eight and all of a sudden, you know, an old memory of, a, of an, old, an old spouse or an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend or an old pet or an old relative can bring you from an eight immediately down to like a two. I've seen it and I felt it. It's not fun. So in my search for books and wanting to share information with you, I want to find books that deal with real problems that we all face on a regular basis. And hopefully there's some stimulus in there that can help us get through. So this week's book is called How to Fix a Broken Heart, Help for the Heartbroken by Guy Winch. I'm just drinking like a horse. Oh my God. Anyways, sorry about that. So this week's episode, it's all about heartbreak. And if you have gone through heartbreak, if you're going through heartbreak right now or know somebody who's gone through heartbreak, this might be a good episode for them. So I took some notes here as I usually do, and I always usually put my notes on my computer screen. I'm going to start doing it on my phone just because it's easier, when I, especially when I listen to audiobooks that I've been doing a lot more lately. So golden nugget number one, we internalize society's unrealistic expectations about getting over heartbreak. So when you go through um, a, a, a divorce, for example, or you lose a very close relative, for the most part, society understands that. They understand the pain that you're going through. Why? Because you were married and now you're not. You had somebody in your, in your life before and now you don't. People understand that. But the difficulty comes in when maybe you were dating a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you lose a pet, for example. Society doesn't necessarily, well, except for dog lovers and very close friends or cat lovers or bird lovers, whatever it is, pet lovers. We don't look at it the same. 
Right, you got like divorce and you got death of a family member or a close friend up here. And then you got like the loss of a pet and breaking up with a boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever, get over it. And sometimes people can be very insensitive about that. And so what's ha- what Guy says in, in this book is that we internalize that and we believe that, oh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Breaking up with a boyfriend, girlfriend, losing a pet. And when we think that, when society shows us that that's not important, it makes healing much harder on us. So take, for example, the author guy uh, was talking to one of his patients and one of his patients lost uh, a pet and the pet's name was Rover. The individual's name was Ben. So Ben lost Rover and Rover was um, his 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 best friend. When he started getting sick, he was taking him to the vet. He was calling in sick to spend time with his dog. And when his dog finally passed away, he took it hard. Right. He called in sick from work and this boss was angry and saying, what are you calling in sick from from work for? It's just a dog. What are you doing? You know, like, get over it, man up. And it's, it's that kind of stuff, that kind of insensitivity that makes it hard for somebody to heal because they're not given permission to heal. They don't feel it's okay to be feeling the way they feel. And so I thought that was really important, especially when you're breaking up with a boyfriend and girlfriend. Some people can be insensitive, say, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. There's plenty of other fish in the sea. And you think that you're doing good by offering advice like that, but you're not because you're not allowing people to grieve. You're not allowing people to feel sad. You're not allowing people to cry. People need to have that period of time to grieve. And I understand that because I used to be that person where I used to say, get over it. It's okay. It's insensitive of me to do that. Very insensitive. Everyone grieves in their own way and we have to allow people to grieve in their own way. And so uh, in particular, this one here, there's a nice quote here that I like. People's lack of understanding for us when we're going through turmoil is bad for us. It makes us internalize their insensitivity. And that means we start judging and shaming ourselves for feeling the way that we do. You see? So when you have somebody in your life who has a boyfriend, girlfriend, or loses a pet, show them sympathy. Show them that you care. Show them compassion. Ask them how they can help. Tell them that you're there for them. Just listen. Be an open ear for them. You know, I... um, I recently went through a program. Where is that thing? Oh, here it is. I recently went went through a program. One of my very good friends and uh, one of my one of my very good friends runs this. His name is Christian Clavel, and he runs this psychological first aid. And uh, you know, it's not a it's it's a Canadian Red Cross thing, but it, it's it's it helps people go through turmoil. And one of the things that they like to do is 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 look, listen, link, live. Right. So look, look for signs that people are sad. Listen, you don't have to offer advice. You don't have to say, hey, I understand how you feel. Just listen. Listen to somebody. Link, which is if you don't have the resources to help them, if you don't know what to say, link them to the right people who can. Link them to family members. Link them to therapists. Link them to doctors. Link them to whoever so that they can get back to living. So this one in particular was very interesting in the fact that um, when society has unrealistic, unrealistic expectations on us, that can actually hurt our ability to heal. So this is more of a call to action for everybody out there to be sympathetic, be compassionate, and understand that everyone deals with loss their own way. Right? We're all human beings. We all have emotions, and we all you know, heal in different ways, and we deal with loss in different ways. So we have to be aware of that. All right, golden nugget number two. Heartbreak is actually an injury, not only to the brain, but to the body as well. And this was very interesting. So... There's a study here that he quotes, Ethan Cross and his colleagues at the University of Michigan used a functional MRI scanner, it's a fMRI, 
to analyze the brains uh, or to analyze the brains of volunteers who'd recently experienced a painful breakup. They showed the participants images of the person who'd left them. The team then compared that to their brain activity when they experienced physical pain, the result of a heat source applied to their forearms. This is cool. The scientists found the emotional pain of heartbreak caused the same reaction in our brains as physical pain, which the volunteers described as unbearable. That is incredibly important to know. And the fact that our emotions can cause us physical pain, right? People say, you know, you hold, people hold different emotions in different parts of their body, right? Sometimes when people are feeling really sad, they get more headaches. They have neck pain, back pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, right? We feel pain when our emotions are not in an optimal state. So if you're talking create your aid, when you're sitting at a two, when you're sitting at a three, when you're sitting at a low level, I find that my clients, for example, they are in a lot more pain. They do get sick more often. And so by bringing their emotions up, trying to manage their emotions, trying to bring them up to a more positive state, a more enthusiastic state, a more optimistic state, their health improves, their pain goes away. And I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but it's important to know that how you feel will actually manifest itself in the physical. And there's a study on here in this book that actually says that. And there's another thing here that I found was super interesting was that Another common response that we have when we go through heartbreak, for example, is the fight or flight mode, right? We know what that is. When someone scares you, you're either going to jump at them or you're going to jump away, right? So that same type of reaction is triggered in our brain when we go through heartbreak. And triggering that reaction actually triggers the release of a stress hormone called cortisol. And in the book, he says, (coughs) prolonged periods of cortisol release can undermine our health. That's because the hormone prevents the immune system from working properly, making it much harder to fend off viruses and diseases. If you've ever been struck down by a horrific cold after going through a stressful period at work, you'll have experienced that firsthand. It's exactly the same when we're heartbroken and cortisol flows through our veins. There you go. So when you are feeling sick, this is so important. When you are feeling sick, when you're feeling in in pain, maybe look at your emotions. Have you been feeling more sad lately? Have you been feeling guilty? Have you been feeling angry? When you start to feel those negative emotions, those negative emotions will manifest themselves in your body. It will affect your immune system, right? They are not two different things. They work together. The mind and body work together. And so that's why for me, when I start to see people, uh, again, we go back to the psychological first aid, look, listen, link, live. I look when people are sick very frequently and they're in a lot of pain. I got to ask myself, How's life? How's life for that person? Right? I'll ask that person to go for a coffee. Be like, you know, Sam, did you want to grab a coffee? You know, anytime you're free, you know, let's go for a coffee, catch up. It's been a little while, you know? Something very, very uh, easy, very non-threatening, very low barrier for entry. You know, it's just, let's go for a coffee, catch up. And when I find out something's going wrong, it's pinpointed. Why have they been sick? Why are they in pain? You know, and then I tell them about CY8. They've been watching, you know, the podcast, they've listened to the vlog, <coughs> they know what Create Your Aid is all about. So I asked them, what number are you at? I'm a two or three. There we go. Right? I see your health. You tell me that you're sitting at a two or three. You're in a negative state of mind and it's not going to get any better unless we take action to improve it. So this golden nugget was essentially all about understanding that our mind and our body are linked. 
super important for us to know that. And I'm glad that guy took the time out to, to share that with us to tell us just how important, <coughs> again, managing your mindset is to ensure that your health is in a good state to ensure that your, 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 your physical health is in peak state. All right, golden nugget number three. And this one I think is super common. We find it difficult to accept reasonable explanations for breakups. And we often blame ourselves. So these are, these next kind of little tidbits of information here are some of the most common mistakes that we have. And one of the first ones is refusing our partner's reason for ending the relationship. And this is a tough one because we always want to blame ourselves. We always want to say, well, it was my fault. Ah. I could have done this differently. I could have been better. Or what did I do wrong? Like, How could I have been better? I thought I was good. I thought I was the best person possible. And we start to put it on ourselves and we blame ourselves and we refuse to accept the partner's reason for the breakup. Huge mistake. We need to accept their reason for the breakup and move on. We can't give it energy. We can't second guess ourselves. What good does that do for any of us? It doesn't do us any good doesn't do us any good at all. In fact, it hurts us because we stay in that state of mind where, oh, what could I have done? What could I have done? And this comes back to a module of create your A, which is all about control. When you give up control, you lose resilience. When you give up control, you move down your CY8 level. And when we start to think about, oh, what could I have done differently? Or, or, or maybe I'm just not that good of a person. Or, wow, maybe I'm just not meant for this. We give up all control. And that hurts us. The easiest thing for us to do is just accept our partner, our former partner, our former spouse, our former boyfriend, girlfriend, accept their answer as to why the relationship ended and move on. And you might say, Ryan, it's too easy. It's too easy to say that. And yeah, it is easy to say that. So why don't you just believe that? You say, I can't believe that. I, 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 I won't accept that answer then you know you got a tough road ahead. You have to accept their answer and move ahead. What good is it dwelling on something you can't control anymore? What are you going to do? You're going to stalk them, find them, and say, what's the real reason you broke up with me? What good is that going to do? How is that helping you? That's putting you in a more negative state of mind. It's feeding the sadness. Your demons inside your head want you to do that. Don't do that. It's not good for you. So (laughs) the advice that guy shares with us is, well, first off, he says, you know, we always think there's some deeper explanation. So we keep digging. We hope to unravel this terrible mystery and that prolongs our pain and postpones the recovery process. So what Guy says is when we feel it, we have to just accept it. And it's pretty simple advice, but that's kind of all it comes down to is just accept and move on. And I know it's tough because we're emotional beings, but there's no other way to put it. That's just the way he says it. So I don't know if there's another way out there. If someone's gone through a breakup and they found a better way, then let me know. But we'll kind of go through different ways later on, um, different techniques that will actually help you, especially if you're going through a breakup. So there is a second mistake that he calls that he calls assuming that the breakup, or actually no, uh, that's a different one. Uh, my notes. All right, the second mistake. Assuming that the breakup is our fault. And that's what psychologists call negative cognition. That's a very fancy way of saying that we're being uh, very self-critical of ourselves and saying that, um, you know, we, we, we believe that it's our fault. Don't put it on yourself, right? It takes two to tango. There's two people in a relationship. Sometimes it's not a match. And despite the fact that maybe you were together for a long time, maybe the fact that you had great times together, 
when it comes to an end, you have to accept it and don't blame yourself. You're a great person. Chances are you're a beautiful person and you might be perfect the way you are. And there's somebody out there who will love you for who you are. I'm telling you that right now. And you have to believe that. And you can't blame yourself because that, that leads you down this negative spiral that's not going to help you. Blaming yourself and saying, oh, you know what? I'm a worthless person or I'm not meant to be in a relationship. I'm not supposed to be happy or, you know, maybe I'm just not this person or maybe I'm not this or not this, not this. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not social enough. I'm not charismatic enough. I'm not stylish enough. I'm not, I don't know. You can think of a million things. But what good does that do you? Nothing. It brings you down so many notches. So instead, you have to look at yourself as, well, we're going to move on to the next golden nugget, but you can't blame yourself. The next golden nugget here, which is super important, is all about compassion. And this one here is something I, 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 I had a tough time understanding. Self-compassion. I should have started Googling that a little bit to understand what self-compassion was all about. But the author says here, letting go isn't easy, but it's the first step if we want to recover. To heal ourselves, we have to have self-compassion. That's another way of speeding up the recovery process. This means treating ourselves with kindness rather than blaming and punishing ourselves. This comes down to actually feeding our minds with positive psychology, positive stimulus, surrounding ourselves with people who love us, realizing that we are great. We are beautiful, right? I am great. I am beautiful. I am strong. I am smart. I am ambitious. And someone out there didn't realize that. And that's their loss. And so in the book, he talks to an individual called uh, or named Kathy. And uh, Kathy was breaking up with uh, her, her boyfriend or her husband. I don't remember. Uh, his name was Rich. And so uh, Kathy always blamed herself. She always thought that she was the one uh, one person who was at fault for the relationship ending. Oh, I could have done this or I should have done this better or I could have been this better. In the end, this guy worked with her. Uh, he made her realize that, you know, she was a beautiful person and that she was great the way she was. And so what she started to do to start being more self-compassionate was she started to surround herself with positive quotes, things that made her feel strong, right? Things that made her believe that she was the leading lady in her life. And we've talked about this on previous episodes of the show. And so by changing her, her thought process to saying, you know, I am smart. I am beautiful. I am ambitious. I am the leading lady of my life. This is my comeback story. This isn't a setback to set up. He reframed her story. And again, that's another principle of create trait, reframing the story. What does this mean? He helped her realize that this wasn't necessarily something bad for you. This was a growth opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for you to see the beauty that you truly have. It maybe you forgot about. It's an opportunity for you to find your confidence. It's an opportunity for you to rebuild yourself as stronger, more confident. And that's exactly what she did. But she only got there when she started to have compassion for herself and started to build herself back up. A really important thing to breaking up with people. When you break up, you have to surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with family, with friends colleagues, peers, people who will support you, people who will be there to listen to you, reassure you, just be present with you. It's so key. And being around people who fuel you up will actually help you become more compassionate for yourself. They might make you realize things about you that you didn't know. 
right? You might sit down and have a great conversation with somebody and you might walk out of that and say, you know what? I am better than that. I am smarter. I am beautiful. And sometimes I just needed somebody to tell me that. That's the importance of surrounding yourself with really, really good people. Another thing that um, Guy talks about here that's really, really important is maybe one of the hardest things to do. Letting go. And when I mean letting go, I don't mean letting go mentally. I mean letting go of the physical things. And this is hard. Um, Let's go back to the example with Ben and Rover. Right When Ben lost his dog, Rover, he found it was very, very difficult to get rid of um, Rover's, um, Rover's toys, <coughs> Rover's leash, because Rover was so loyal, so loyal, and Ben felt guilty because he figured, well, how am I repaying all that unconditional love and loyalty that Rover gave me by throwing away his stuff? He felt guilty about that. And so when Ben started to work with, with, with Guy, um, he told him that, you know, you did all you could for, for, for Rover. You were there for Rover from the very start to the very end. And so you have nothing to feel guilty about. Ben surrounded himself with good people, surrounded himself with Guy, and Guy reassured him. And so letting go is very difficult. Letting go of the toys, right? Letting go of all that stuff. It's so hard. But if you hold on to it, you will not allow yourself to heal. And I actually wrote down a good quote in here that I really liked. Um, to heal ourselves, we have to let go of everything from our hopes to old happy memories and the things that belong to our ex-partners and pets. Keeping these things will stop us from healing. Keeping old pictures, keeping old old notes, keeping old um, old letters. It's very hard to let go. And I understand. Listen, if you want to put this stuff away in a box, put it away in a box, tape it up and put it in your basement then, right? If you don't want to do something rash and you say, you know what? I'm going to get rid of everything. Put it in a box, especially if you're dealing with an ex-partner, put the pictures, put the cards, put everything that you guys shared together, put it in a box and stow it away somewhere deep in your basement or put it in a crawl space or something. Just get rid of it. You don't have to throw it away, but just out of sight, out of mind. Tape that box up really good. I don't want you going back in that box. Maybe go back into it years later when maybe you've had a, you have a new partner in your life and maybe you've gone through that already and maybe you and your ex now are friends and maybe now the pain isn't that bad. Maybe you guys can go through it together if you have a, a, a very respectful, a mature breakup. Right? And if one day you just feel strong enough to say, you know what, I'm done, you take that damn box and you throw it away. Right, that that's my advice. Guy says throw it all away. My advice is maybe don't throw it all away. Maybe just put it in a box and just kind of hide it away. Right? Put a blanket over it, cover it up and just let it be there. That's my advice. Uh, guys got different advice. It comes up to you what you want to do with it, but essentially out of sight out of mind. Take all that stuff, put it away so you don't have to see it. You don't have to remind yourself with it. And when it comes down to pets, pets are so important. I have a pet, right? Like I lost a pet before and it was very tough. But when it comes down to it, um same type of deal. You don't have to throw away the bed. You don't have to throw away the uh, the toys. Same thing. Put it all in the box. Tape it up. Because you never know. Once the pain goes away, you might bring a new pet into your life. You might bless a new pet. And a pet might bless you. Bring that new pet into your life. And at that point in time, the healing might be better. And you can go crack that box open and create a whole bunch of brand new memories. 
right? So this whole idea of throwing stuff away, I'm not really a big fan of throwing stuff away. I'm more of a fan of the out of sight, out of mind kind of philosophies. You can already tell I've said that multiple times already. That's my approach to helping you heal, helping you get through heartbreak. Um, but there's no one way. Everybody grieves differently. So that was essentially the book. That's how to fix a broken heart. Help for the heartbroken. Some decent takeaways from there. For me, you know, when I dealt with heartbreak, when, uh, you know, different forms of heartbreak, whether losing a family member, you know, breaking up with a girlfriend, um, you know, losing a pet, uh, losing great friends, you know, all that stuff. Um, the one thing I always found that was really, really helpful for me was um, number one, goals. And you might say, come on, Ryan, you're coming back to goals. No, I'm serious. Having stuff to work on, having stuff to busy my mind with, having stuff that that put me in a state of anticipation, stuff that got me excited, stuff that made me feel accomplished helped me heal, right? Being able to cry and being able to recognize my emotions and just say, it's okay to cry. I will cry, but I will get better, right? Changing my story from, you know what? Like, I'm going to be sad today. I'm going to be sad tomorrow, but I'm going to get over this and telling myself that I'm going to get over this. I will. Right? It's set up in my mind to say, listen, you're allowed to be weak now. You're allowed to, to weak. You know, being crying is not necessarily weakness, but you know, for me, that's how I looked at it. Right? It's just a very weak state of mind. Right? A lot of things got to me. I was very easily irritable. So that's why I say weak. Um, you know, I ended up crying through it, but I also surrounded myself with good people, good friends, family members. Right? Create memories with those people. Right? Laugh with them. Talk with them. Be around them. Right? Keep the energy high. Make sure I'm playing positive music, upbeat music. I want to keep the energy levels high. I don't like to sit in silence and just sit there and in this awkwardness and feel sad for myself. No, no, no. I'd put on some upbeat music. I'll put on some Armin Van Buren. You know, I'll put on some, you know, Macklemore or whatever. I'll put on some happy music to get me going. I'll put on, you know, some comedy. I'll put on some Joe Rogan or, you know, Theo Vaughn or Chris D'Elia or, you know, Eddie Murphy, whatever. I'll throw in some comedy. Force a laugh out of me. You got to do what you can to pick yourself up. This comes down to create your eight. When I lost one of my best friends last year, this was it's so tragic. I'll tell you the story, but I lost one of my best friends last year. And it was very, um, very hard. Um, you know, it was, um, it was August of last year. And it was, it's well documented. You can go look it up yourself. It was, it was a murder suicide. And I knew, knew my friend since I was in grade seven and I came over to my house, you know, the week before he died. And it was very, very hard on me, harder than I thought it was going to be and still lasts with me today. There's still a lot of things that last me today because of just how shocking it was. And when you see a close friend of, of yours just pass that quickly um, in such a tragic fashion, it's, 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 it's hard. I remember sitting in this exact office. I was sitting on the floor. It's kind of dark, hazy outside, you know, some forest fires going on. Uh, in the country and so it was very hazy outside so it kind of reflected how I felt inside and in my heart I said holy crap like I can't believe how sad I feel it was shocking to me because I'm such a positive person and at the time you know I just started create your eight and started formalizing it and I looked at how I was feeling I was like man I'm feeling at like a two or three and I felt it at two or three I'm like hey let me try to pick myself back up and I started to make it a game and said how can I pick myself back up and I'd watch something funny. I'd bring myself back up. I'd forget about it. I'd go up to like a five. And all of a sudden, that thought comes into my mind. Drop me back down. And then I would watch something, listen to something, bring me back up. And then drop me back down. Listen to something, bring me up, put me back down. It was hard. So we say time heals all wounds. I agree with that, but I disagree. It's what you do in that time that heals those wounds. 
So I believe that if you focus on trying to keep yourself positive, if you focus on surrounding yourself with positive people, positive stimulus, um, words of words of, 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 of encouragement, you combine all of that with time, you will get better. And in that time when I was struggling to figure out how I could get through this, I continuously worked at it. And with that, combining it with time, I healed. Whether you're losing a family member, a pet, it doesn't matter. We're all going to go through heartbreak at some point in time. Every single one of us. So we have to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with good content, maybe like this, good people, good stimulus. We got to focus on healing and we have to be patient with ourselves. Right? And, um, you know, it's funny. Um, who said that? I forgot what it was. Oh, I know who said that. Get out of here. RuPaul says that if you can't love yourself, then how the hell are you going to love anyone else? Right? So you got to remember this self-compassion thing. Love yourself. If you broke up with somebody or somebody broke up with you, don't hate yourself for it. Don't blame yourself for it. You are not to blame. You are a beautiful person. We all have room to improve. I have room to improve. Everyone has room to improve. So don't think that you're imperfect. Don't think that you're at fault. You know, there might've been things that you could have done better. Guess what? There's a number of things we all can do better. Every single one of us. So don't put it on you. Right, that's kind of my takeaway for today. Um, you know, this is a very hard subject, the broken heart. And it can bring you from an eight to a two just like that. So be patient with yourself. Love yourself. Surround yourself with positivity. If there's anything that even I can do to help, reach out to me on social media. I'd be happy to send you a quick little video or a quick little message. Just something maybe to bring you up in a, in a little bit of time. So in any case... That is, again, How to Fix a Broken Heart, Help for the Heartbroken by Guy Winch. I'm glad that I read this book just so we can talk a little bit more about heartbreak because it's something very real and something that affects all of us. But in any case, my friends, like I said, you know, I'm just happy to be back this week. Really, really happy. Um, go to the YouTube channel, right? Go to the YouTube channel. I don't know what it is. Just type in Ryan Caligari on there. You'll see my channel. Subscribe to the channel. Like, comment on the videos on there. You can catch the very first Brain Jiu-Jitsu on there. You can catch the CY8 videos. You can catch the Cut the Crap show on there. I'm going to start back up with the CY8 videos. We're doing Brain Jiu-Jitsu every single week. So I'm just so excited to be launching all this stuff. Such good, exciting, positive stuff that I'm pushing out there. And it gets me really excited. Uh, also don't forget to connect with me online LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram YouTube, subscribe, all that stuff and um, do, me, do me a favor as well share this episode, share the show with people who um, are close to you in your lives, tell them about it and hopefully I can add a little bit more positivity to their life through this show but in any case my friends, I hope you have a fantastic, productive, inspired week, I'll catch you back here next week on the Cut the Crap Show, have an awesome week for everybody. the victory lap though whoa Whoa. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should suffer. Come. What's stopping you? Are you too tired? Didn't get enough sleep? Don't have enough energy? Don't have enough time? Is that what's stopping you right now? Don't have enough money? Is that the thing? Or is the thing that's stopping you, you? Excuses sound best to the person that's making them up. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get off the pity party. Telling everybody your sad and sob stories, trying to get people to show up to your pity parties and your pity parades. If you ever see me in a Rolls Royce, a six or seven star hotel living my life to the fullest don't get jealous of me 
because I worked my ass off to get it. Nobody handed me nothing. Wake your ass up. Awaken the beast inside. It's game on. It's go season. It's time for you to take advantage of the access and the resources that you have in your country and your community. You got a problem with your life. You got a problem with your environment. Do something about it. If you want it, go get it. Recognize the excuses are not valid. They're conjured up. They're fabricated. They're lies. And how do you stop the lies? You stop the lies with the truth. And the truth is, you have time. You have the skill. You have the knowledge and the support and the willpower and the discipline to get it done. The fruit of everything good in life begins with a challenge. Everything is a pill that's worthwhile. And it's not going to come to you and it's not going to fall in your lap. And it's not going to be something that, oh my God, it just was so simple. It's always going to be difficult. If you want it, you got to go get it. This is your chance. This is your shot. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your place. This is your opportunity. This is my time. This is my moment. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Ain't no such thing as tomorrow. We only got today. It's your dream. If you want to have it, reach your butt up and make it happen. If you want to have it, rise and grind. You still got work to do. Stay on that basketball court. Stay on that football field. It's grind season, homie.